You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents A Community Affair, a weekly program where we discuss with national and local newsmakers important issues that impact our community. And now, here's your host, Riley Adams. Welcome to A Community Affair. I'm your host and Assistant News Director, Riley Adams, and today we are happy to welcome Sue Schilling. Sue is a 1993 graduate of Rowan University, along with a 2015 Rowan Radio Hall of Fame inductee. She's a decorated career in the sports radio industry, working positions with Sports Radio, WIP, and KYW. Sue is also the current host of Everything Special Needs here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. In honor of Disability Pride Month, we will be discussing the importance of including those with special needs in everyday activities. Sue, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Riley. I really appreciate it. So before we get started with our interview today, can you give our listeners a little background on yourself and how you ended up on the path you're on today? Yes, I grew up in uh, Lakewood, New Jersey, so Ocean County, New Jersey. And uh, it was a cool place to grow up in that when you're watching sports teams, you were in the middle. So you got all of the New York teams and you got the Philadelphia teams. So that was always fun. And then, as you had mentioned, I am a Rowan graduate. So I was fortunate enough to uh, be at Rowan and, and graduate. And I was involved in a lot of things at Rowan. I was, um, as you had mentioned, I was part of the radio station working in the sports department. I also uh, worked in the sports information office with uh, Sheila Stevenson. So got some some experience with that. And I was also on the uh, softball team. So there was, I was able to be involved a lot at Rowan, uh, which has helped shape, you know, the path that I'm, that I'm at today. Before we really dive into your show, Everything Special Needs, I just wanted to ask, have you always planned on working within the radio industry or did you have prior aspirations when you entered university? Well, when I first came to Rowan, it was in Glassboro. I came in undeclared, so it was considered undecided. And then I always had an interest in broadcasting. I mean, I grew up, you know, listening to sports my whole life, listening to the to sports talk radio. And it was something that definitely interested me, but it wasn't my major right away. I started getting interested in it my sophomore year. I started getting involved at the radio station. And then from there, I declared my major uh, for communications, radio, TV, film, and then continued on that path. And did you always want to work in sports or did you originally just want to work in radio? I kept an open mind in that I was willing to uh, get experience in any area because my first job was actually at a music station. Uh, Sports was what I wanted to ultimately do. So that's where I, I was headed. I My first job at the college radio station at Rowan Radio was doing sports uh, reports, doing sports updates, and then doing um, play-by-play and color commentary for basketball and, uh, and, and baseball. It was interesting because I got a lot of the sports experience at Rowan, and that's ultimately what I wanted to get into was sports. I understood that when you start out, you have to do other areas of broadcasting, and it's all valuable experience. Sport was the ultimate place place that I wanted to be as far as as radio broadcasting. Was there like a certain or specific sport that you liked doing more? I loved doing, well, it's interesting because I was on the softball team, so obviously I didn't do any softball games, but softball, you know, is my favorite. But as far as what I had broadcasted, baseball was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, the most games I actually did was the women's basketball team because I was on the softball team. So a lot of times uh, the, the baseball games would be, it wouldn't work out scheduling wise, but there were some baseball games I got to do. And I, I always enjoyed the baseball the best. And then um, the women's basketball, I did a lot of color commentary for the women's basketball games. 
And then was there anybody like in the industry that you grew up listening to or watching that inspired you to go into that career? Yeah, uh, being a huge Met fan, this was on the TV end, but I would listen to Tim McCarver uh, every night and, you know, do um, the Mets games. And when I heard him, uh, he shaped a lot of, you know, my teenage years was involved. He, I learned so much about the game and about broadcasting from listening to Tim McCarver. And, you know, sadly, uh, Tim had passed away this past winter in February. And I remember when he passed away, this, this immense feeling of sadness that a bit of my childhood was gone because he helped shape that, you know, that, that interest in broadcasting. And he was a part of my every day life in, in my teen years just just listening to him so that, and that's part of broadcasting is that you can be a part of someone's everyday life and you don't even know it yeah of course there was Mike and the Mad Dog which they kind of shaped the sports broadcasting from the radio industry I mean listening to them uh, on the radio so those were just people that you would listen to that that really set the standard so you mentioned where you grew up you were able to get both Philly sports and New York sports of those two cities which one did you prefer I was I grew up I was a huge I'm still I'm a huge Met fan so mm-hmm. I always um they got me into the to the Mets and of course working at WIP for all those years I worked, I had to be, you know, well-versed in all the Philadelphia <laughs> sports and, and understand that. And now my daughter is this huge Philly sports fan, which <laughs> comes with the territory literally because that's where we're living. But I was always a huge Met fan. And did but you... the thing was, when we went to a game, we went to when they played in Philadelphia because it was so much easier than getting to Shea Stadium at that point. Mm-hmm. Did your New York sports come from family or was it like an independent choice? Um, well, my big brother, he, he's a Met fan. So kind of when I was little, I saw he was rooting for them. So I became a Met fan because of him. Then independently, I just got so into him. But he was the original reason. And then once I started watching them, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. So taking a pivot more into the radio industry, what inspired you to create your show and kind of go off of the sports world and dive more into like the actual radio scene? What inspired you to create your show, Everything Special Needs? Well, I have a daughter, uh, she's now 14, Jessica, that has special needs. And when I created this show, Jessica just turned five. Um, it came to Rowan a little bit later, but we were doing you know, some other al- um, avenues for it. And what, what I realized was, you know, when you know when you have a special needs child, you also have a lot of appointments, you have a lot of therapy appointments, you have a lot of doctor's appointments, and you would hear other parents in the waiting room uh, trying to tell their stories and trying to find resources. And it made me realize that this was my way of contributing where I can take the radio background I have and now kind of marry it together with the special needs world that I'm in and uh, put together this radio show to give people an opportunity to share their stories. You know, for some people, this is the only time they can share their story. And then also to get resources out there. There's a lot of resources out there that people don't know about. anything we can do to spread the word and get those resources out there that helps. So it shares people, you know, it might be a parent, it might be an individual with special needs that's able to verbalize their story or just getting a resource. You know, if you help someone find uh, some type of resource that they didn't know was out there, then you feel like the show um, was helpful. So you mentioned that Everything Special Needs didn't start on Rowan Radio. So what made you want to bring it to this community as well? Um, you know, having been an alumni uh, of Rowan, it made me realize, you know, that this was a great place to give back, you know, and, and Leo Kirshner, um had approached me about bringing the show here. And I thought it was a terrific idea. So, you know, thank Leo for that. And then Derek uh, for being on board with it and being able to bring it here. It's meaningful, of course, because this is my, um, my alma mater. And then, you know, Rowan has a following that's, you know, really big. I mean, I have people uh, that I know from that don't, you know, that I didn't even tell about the show. They said, oh, I heard you on Rowan this past Saturday and um, it was a great show about, you know, you, there were so many great topics and guests and that they enjoyed hearing the stories. So, you know, Rowan is a great avenue to, to have it, especially on a Saturday morning where there's a lot of 
you know, like your show and a lot of community affairs and what you do, Riley. So it kind of fits in, everything fits together. And we have a nice following at Rowan. And it's meaningful for me personally, being that I, you know, this is where I graduated and where it all began for me is where I got my first uh, radio experience. So you touched on it a little bit in our conversation a little bit early on. Um, So why do you feel it's so important for your guests with special needs and their families to come onto the show and get the opportunity to share their stories on such a platform? There's a, there's several reasons. One is for some of them, it's the only time they get their story heard. You know, I've had moms and, and dads come up to me, you know, message me afterward and say, thank you. This was, you know, the only time my child really felt heard. They had a chance to tell their story and without judgment, uh, without any hesitation, it's it was their time to literally take the microphone and, and share their stories. Uh, that part is really uh, important. The other reason it's real important is other people can learn from them. You know, they might have started a, a social group or they might have have an experience about a treatment or something that is working for them or a camp or a sports league or anything, something that's working for them uh, that they can share with other families. You know, maybe a family, uh, it's summer now, you know, if you're not in ESY extended school year at this moment, maybe you're scrambling for things to do. Share what's going on. For example, in Philadelphia, there's a uh, special needs where you, there's goats and there's therapy for that. You know, sharing that, it's like, oh, well, we can sign up, that's free. Or just resources that are out there that, that people are looking for. There's resources that are out there that a lot of people don't know about. So that in itself is very important. And also giving someone an opportunity to share their stories for them, it, it might be the only time anyone listened to them and it made them feel better to be able to share their stories. And people have a better understanding of what they go through and what they're trying to accomplish. And ultimately that they want what other people want. It's just they need a, a different avenue to go there and a different you know type of support system. So early on in the show, you mentioned that your daughter has special needs. What advice would you give to a parent whose child was recently diagnosed with special needs and what resources could you offer that parent? You know, for the, you know, a lot of them, when you first diagnose, they might be really young, um, is to get, if they're uh, not three years old yet, get that early intervention. Uh, that's, that's important. Uh, the other is to see them as they're your child, you know, you figure out what, what works best for them and just to look at what resources are out there and try to find resources that are going to help them. Uh, you know, if you're Camden County, where we are, uh, the Camden County freeholders, they do a great job. There's a lot of activities out there that are free to the parent, you know, the, the, fr- the freeholders support it. Gloucester County, we've also had them on the show before. They do a lot of things uh, that you can get for your child, uh, whether it be uh, sports leagues or whatever the case may be, and find out which therapies are going to work for them. If they're on the autism spectrum, you know, looking for ABA therapy, just using other parents as resources. Maybe somebody uh, that is uh, their child is a little bit older and you're looking for uh, an ABA therapist or something uh, to help them say, which companies did you use? What can you recommend? Or if they're looking for an of district school placing. Okay, where where does your child go? What are your thoughts on the school? Just making those relationships and connecting with other parents and trying to find things that make sense for your child. But most important, you love the child for who they are and you do your best to help them develop into the best person they can be. And then find activities that there's, you know, there are some resources out there. Uh, that's, you know, part of why we have the show and try to make relationships and connections to see what if you, if you find out your child is interested in music, you know, then start looking for music programs 
There's support groups that are online. They, okay, my child's interested in music. Who has some suggestions? And you'd be surprised how many people have suggestions in that area. So a lot of it is, you know, finding out what fits your child. For example, one lady, her daughter's a wonderful singer. So she takes that and tries to find opportunities for her to sing. And and so taking, you know, what you can do. And then of course, there's areas that you're going to have that they're weak at that you got to get the therapies for, whether it be OT, PT, you know, whatever it needs. So getting those resources and making sure things are in place. So with your daughter being a sport lover that you mentioned, are there any areas or activities around our region that may introduce sports to those with special needs that they might be interested in? Yes, there's a lot in um, the Gloucester and Camden and Burlington County area. Uh, my daughter plays in the Cherry Hill Challenger League, and you can come from anywhere to play there. Uh, in Gloucester County, they have the Field of Dreams, and it's all, uh, it's all, it's non-competitive. So all skill level, all special needs, you know, whether you're in a wheelchair or whether you uh, are mobile, it's all for all special needs. There's the Miracle League in Camden County. You know, Gloucester County has, has several leagues as well. There's a Challenger League out in Gloucester County. Burlington County has the MRC Sports Unity League. Again, you can come from anywhere. They do a uh, program to soccer, which my daughter will be doing in the uh, in the fall. And uh, they have a lot of programs there. Started as just soccer, and then they kept expanding. And then they have they have other sports now. They have, they they have cheerleading. They you know they've really expanded. And then uh, the other thing that my daughter does that's been a huge help is um and this is in Gloucester County uh, Field of Dreams in Logan Township uh, horseback riding. And the freeholders there the, there is a Gloucester County night and there's a Camden County night. So the freeholders do a great job funding this. So there there's avenues for that. Uh, and there's also, they do look who's dancing, you know, music and fitness. So really finding these these programs that are uh, no cost to the parent, just to kind of give you that little break, because we all know it could be uh, it could be expensive, you know, for the therapies you have to do and the, and the doctor's appointments. So finding these programs where it won't cost you anything other than getting out there, uh, you know, these are some, some valuable programs. Are there any other activities or places that you found have been rewarding for your child that you can offer to other parents? Yes, uh, one thing, and I know a lot of the programs are doing this, both the uh, under the, the school-aged and then the adult programs, and then my daughter does it individually. A lot of the fitness has been upped in recent years where they're bringing in uh, fitness people t- to work with individuals with special needs. Like my daughter works out with a trainer, and that has really, really helped her. It makes her feel good about herself and increases her hand-eye coordination. So there's the sports leagues, there's music. Uh, it's called Look Who's Dancing. Again, they do the program. You can go in person or on Zoom, and that helps with exercise and just following the dance moves or if they're not able to do that just listening to the music and bopping your head you know whatever works for you and those types of, uh, of programs are there and I, to go back to the Camden County Freeholders and we've had Gloucester on as well you know if sports isn't your thing they do uh, bingo night they do arts and crafts they do dances uh, so my suggestion is subscribe to their emails if you google Gloucester County um, special needs the Freeholders and Camden County you'll see the, the list of the programs and the majority of them don't cost anything for the parent so maybe looking up some of those programs and, and finding again Again, what fits your child. You know, there's been things that we've tried that weren't for Jessica. That's fine. You know, you try it and, and you figure it out. If it's an arts and crafts program, it might not be her thing, but she might love the music. So you, you find out what is going to work for your child. And, um, and, and, you know, when you said what advice, you know, forming relationships with, with other parents and you know, using the therapist to help you find something, all that all that works out well. And then there's even um, parks and zoos. You know, a lot more places are becoming autism certified. You know, Sesame Place is now fully autism certified. Elmwood Park Zoo is fully autism certified. So they have uh, they have things for that. And Elmwood Park Zoo is doing this summer where you get there before it opens if you if for special needs where it's quieter. Uh, so things like that to look up if you're looking for some summer activities. 
So my uncle who has special needs, he likes to do like camps for the week to get him out of the house, get him the opportunity to communicate with more people with special needs and just have a fun summer. So has your daughter been a part of any of that? Or do you have any camps that you can recommend for parents with children with special needs? Uh, we've been trying to get her into a camp. We're actually working on that. She does the summer program, but I know uh, the, a lot of the children and adults with special needs have uh, just loved it. Uh, depending on if you're looking for a day camp or sleep away, I know the Elks does it and it's sponsored by the Elks. So you have to get your local uh, local group to to uh, sponsor it and it's up in North Jersey so it doesn't cost anything to the to the parents. I know they do weekly camps for those that want to sleep over. Um, if you go through there's the, uh, they actually are still looking for campers. Uh, this is a day camp, it's called Behavior Interventions and they've got camp in August and they actually still have some openings so if someone is looking for a camp uh, it's out of pocket, they don't, in that in this case they don't accept your insurance or perform care but they do have some scholarships that they might not have given away yet that you can apply for that I think you have to be at Camden. You can you can come to the camp for any county, but I think the scholarships were donated for Camden County residents. But you can check um and see what's available. I think they are still looking for campers um at Behavior Interventions located in uh, Cherry Hill. And I, the last two weeks of August, I think there's some openings. But if you just uh, go to Behavior Interventions Inc. on um, you Google that, it'll come up with their website, and then it'll have the information about the camp. But I know they still had openings for camp, and it's a day camp. You'd go from I think it's nine to three, something in that range. That's great to hear. So that about wraps it up for the first half of our show. Sue, it was a pleasure speaking with you so far. When we come back, we will continue our discussion on how important it is to include those with special needs in everyday activities. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Community Affair. I'm your host, Riley Adams, and today I'm joined by Sue Schilling. Sue is a 1993 graduate of Rowan University, along with a 2015 Rowan Radio Hall of Fame inductee. She has a decorated career in the sports radio industry, working positions with Sports Radio WIP and KYW. Sue is also the current host of Everything Special Needs here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. In honor of Disability Pride Month, we will be discussing the importance of including those with special needs in everyday activities. Sue, I just want to thank you one more time for joining us today. Thank you, Riley. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So diving right back into our discussion, I just wanted to ask personally, are you involved in any other groups or organizations that work closely with individuals with special needs? Well, we attend a lot of the events and I've been able to formulate relationships with people. Uh, I thought of another group that was in Gloucester County, Top Sports, a good friend of mine, Troy Memis, has done some amazing work with the, with the special needs community there. So I'm not involved directly with them, but we try to spread the resources. What we have done, which I, I found to be really helpful, is we've done some resource fairs. Uh, they kind of were curtailed during COVID, but we hope to get them started again. But pre-COVID, uh, we did some resource fairs, which I found to be very useful and really help people. And people were networking, which was great. And that's what it's all about is being able to network and find resources. So different um, organizations had a table up and people came through and it was a resource fair and it, it worked out great. It was during the summer. And what we even had a little fun with it as well. I mentioned a, a mom whose daughter loves to sing. She sang some songs. Uh, so it was it was a cool thing. And, and being involved in the resource fairs has been, that was really um, fulfilling too, because people were networking and then people found things that, that, that they used and, and were helpful for them. So that has really been a good thing. 
While we're on the topic of that, I just wanted to ask, you said your daughter loves sports. Has she ever competed with Special Olympics or anything of that sort? She did the young athletes, but at that age, they weren't competing. Uh, They were um, with the young athletes where they did a bunch of activities, but she loved that. She loves just doing the soccer and the Challenger League. Her skills, they improved this year, which which has been great. But it's even, she's not competitive. She, She just wants to be out there. Like, she just wants to be a part of it. She wants to be a part of a team. She wants to wear the shirt. And I also add how important it is. Um, I mentioned a, a guy that runs the top sports, Troy. He calls it the ripple effect and how important it is not only for the special needs child, but for the buddy. You know, I know there are a lot of times you're looking for volunteers, whether even if you're, you know, a student at Rowan and you want to volunteer in one of these uh, these leagues. And what it is, is, and Troy says it, um, Troy said this on my show numerous times. He's been on, on Rowan radio as, as a guest. He calls it the ripple effect because what happens is, you know, you go up to, you're at the mall and you go up to somebody who has special needs and you walk up to them and say, oh, that's a really cool shirt you have on or you give them knuckles or a high five to that child that might be the only person other than family to walk up to them that day or that week and understanding that if you're in the cafeteria and you see someone sitting alone that you know has some some special needs you go sit with them and then other people sit with them and that's what he calls the ripple effect and that's part of what volunteering as a buddy for these leagues does because it makes you realize the connection that you have and their kids like anybody else and it makes you want to go up to someone in the mall or in the cafeteria and realize that these are kids too and they want what you want when you're that age you just want to have friends and be included so you've mentioned how much you've already done with other organizations you've partnered with things that your daughter has done so have you ever considered taking the work you've done so far with your radio show everything special needs to greater areas maybe taking greater measures to make sure that their voices are heard I want to, there's a couple things that I want to keep growing the radio show and get uh, more more guests on, a little more diversity in, in what we're trying to do to make sure everybody's being heard. I think that's important. You know, I never want anyone to feel uh, marginalized. So you, you want to get more groups on. If there's a group at Rowan, you know, we've had the di- diabetic um, group on a few years back, which I thought was really valuable because, I mean, let's face it, if you're, you know, if you're suffering with that, I mean, that, that could really affect all your academics, your social life. So that was really important. And it brought people together because that group, you know, they bonded together. Um, When someone was short on insulin, they were able to get some from another student because, you know, they lived a couple hours away. And then having John Woodruff on, who does so much great work here, you know, at Rowan. Also, one of the things I've been really looking at more um, deeply lately is the area of social work, uh, trying to look into getting a master's. And I have my my bachelor's in communications, of course, but trying to go back and, and look into getting a master's in social work because I think that having that, I want to do more of being, helping people find resources, helping parents and individuals with special needs, being able to find resources. So I've been looking into taking some graduate classes in in social work and eventually getting a master's in that, um, because I think that could really be of help and being able to just help people find more resources. I want to be able to help parents find resources and individuals that are really out there looking. So when you ask, am I looking, you know, some, some other avenue, that is definitely an avenue that I've been researching a lot lately and trying to just even taking a class just to just get the feel of it. So with the school the size of Rowan, that's kind of part of a community, do you think that they should maybe consider having a group or an outlet for special needs students who just might need somebody to talk to, somebody to relate to them? Do you think that that should be something that they should consider doing in the future? I think that's a great idea. I know that um, John Woodruff, who runs the, uh, he's been on the show here on uh, Rowan Radio, Everything Special Needs, he's at Rowan. Uh, he has a lot of things that he does, and I know there are groups. Uh, absolutely, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Continuing this question, 
If you were given the opportunity and resources to start a business or organization of your own that would help support individuals with special needs, what would you gear it towards? I would gear it towards uh, the individuals with special needs to try to help them uh, be heard and find resources, you know, anything I can help them find. And same with the parents, I, I would be interested in doing that as well. If you were given the choice, would you do it more of a local context or a global context to have a bigger reach? probably start to a lot of local, just things in this area. Um, I've been fortunate enough to form a lot of nice relationships with people that run various organizations in this area. So I'd love to collaborate with them. I love doing that kind of stuff to collaborate and, you know, um, whether it's top sports or whether it's um, swimming lessons or music class, arts and crafts, whatever the case may be. Uh, this theater that's also, they, they did um, in Morristown uh, this summer did a play. They did Annie Jr. And uh, this spring, rather, they did Annie Jr. Jr. and all of the actors, the whole cast, uh, had some type of special need. And it was run by actually one of the, the music teachers that was part of it was from my daughter's school. Her former teacher was part of it. So theater, uh, which I think is a, is just terrific um, to do for, for people that have special needs, the whole cast had some type of special needs, something like that. A lot of people with special needs, they want to, it's a way to express yourself. Even whether you're verbal, nonverbal, you use your device to speak, there's ways you can express yourself on stage. I, I think that's a really a, a amazing thing as well. So just trying to help with the relationships I've formed to, to find resources for people. That was is something that's meaningful for me. It always makes me feel good when people come on the show and they share their story or they share a resource and, you know, people are, are you know, writing that down and contacting them. Um, that that always uh, is a great feeling. And just social groups, you know, during the summer, a uh, place for uh, kids to get together that that have like-minded interests and, you know, have some challenges that they deal with to, to do that. And getting, you know, people People want to feel included. And I think that's why uh, with these leaks, the buddy is so important because it's great to feel included. And it's also great for the buddy because you have that understanding that ultimately as a child, even though they might not speak like you or walk like you, they still have the same needs as you do. They want to have a friend. They want to feel included. They want to be able to, to laugh with their friends. They just want to have a friend. And, and I think that part is so important. While staying on the topic of that conversation, from a parent's perspective, what do you think schools and whether it comes to grade school or colleges, what do you feel that they should do to make sure that their special needs students feel more connected, comfortable and welcome? It really, um, I guess, depends on their needs. Now, if your special needs and you're at a level where you can go to college, uh, making sure that you have things in place, your 504 plan, you know, you, your IEP, you don't have your IEP anymore. So now, you know, when you were in high school, the IEP, you, was, you were part of it, but your parents were the ones, you know, advocating for you. Now it's on you when you're in college. It's your responsibility to go up to your professors and let them know the first day, um, here's my 504 plan, here's my needs. I also taught intro to radio at a community college for, for several years. And this was something I stressed is, you know, if you have need, the special needs and you have a 504, please let me know the first class or the second, you know, let me know early in the semester. I did have a couple of students at one student the day of the final showed me that the 504 plan. Well, I mean, at that point, there's not a heck of a lot you can do with it at that point. So it's important that you as the professor and the school lets them know what resources are available. Don't make them feel alone 
alone or like they're awkward because they have special needs. Make them feel welcome. Make them understand that these are their rights and have them come to you so they don't have to feel bad about showing you this plan and wait till the final where there's not a heck of a lot you can do for them at that point. So making sure that they can show you that in the beginning. Uh, I loved your idea about the social groups. I think it's important. It's hard enough when you're coming from high school to make all new friends. It's hard enough. But if you have um, some things, some social, you know, things, having a group for people that that have special needs, I think that's a great idea. Uh, And then if it's a school where, if it's a situation where someone's not college bound and they're in their their school, uh, making sure that the resources are there for, for your child. You know, we once had a lawyer on the show and she said it's very important that it's not what you want, it's what your child needs. And uh, as a parent, then making sure your child has everything that they need. You know, if they need a one-on-one aid, you make sure that that's in the IEP that they have their one-on-one aid. Uh, like my daughter has a harness on the bus because she gets excited when we when the bus comes home and she wants to, you know, get off of the harness is in the IEP. She needs to have a harness because we don't want her getting hurt, you know, running when the bus is still moving. So there's just things looking into what, what your child needs from a social perspective, uh, making sure they're able to interact with, with other children, feeling part of the group. You know, uh, my daughter's school did a heck of a job, you know, when the Phillies were in the World Series, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, they had the pep rally, they were dancing around, they were having a great time. And you could just tell from the pictures how great everyone felt to be a part of it. And, you know, we talked about sports. Sports is, that's one of the best things about sports is that it connects everyone. It does, sports doesn't care if you're a fan and you have special needs or if you were a scholarship athlete. Sports doesn't, it connects everyone together. And, you know, for, for them to feel just as much of a part of it as anyone else, that to me was the most beautiful thing about it is it connects everyone and you feel like any other kid. Besides in the education world, what should we as a society do to ensure those with special needs are given the same opportunities and live the same life as somebody who doesn't have special needs? Having, you know, more resources when they become adults, uh, housing availability, jobs, you know, give you an example. Um, my daughter, perfect attendance for school, didn't miss a day of school. Isn't that the type of person you want to employ? You know, wouldn't that translate well to a job? So, you know, that's a, a tapping into the special needs for jobs. That's an area that, you know, they're, they're going to be diligent. They're going to show up for work. You're not going to have a lot of call out because it's, she's eager. They're eager and making sure they can, they can make a living. I mean, there's with this, you know, they're trying to work on these laws where we want them to work, but then they can only have a certain, make a certain amount or they lose their benefits. So upping how much they can make so they can make a respectable living and and, and be an employee like like other people, not have to only work two days a week because you can't have a certain more in your in your bank account. So I know that they're doing some work uh, with that. There's some people advocating, but being able to get a job and, you know, have housing and just availability, you know, when they become adult. But the working, I think that's a field, you know, giving, giving special needs, individuals with special needs a chance, you know, a chance to work. Kind of wrapping up our conversation today, I just want to ask, do you have any personal goals that you would like to accomplish in the next year regarding your work with special needs community? And what kind of goals would you like to accomplish within the next five years? Uh, with the special needs community, as far as the radio show, I want to keep growing the show and getting getting more guests on. And I would like, you know, to be able to have more guests from Rowan on. I would like to be able to highlight more groups uh, from Rowan on. That would be something I would I would like to do. Uh, I would also like to keep finding, you know, resources uh, for my daughter and for, for other people, you know, to, to try to help them. And then also, I would like to be able to uh, go to graduate school and get a master's in social work. So most of the programs are about three years. So I would say, hope that in 
five years. If I'm able to do that, that, that would be a goal as well. Uh, those would be some some personal goals with the special needs, but to keep uh, growing it and finding resources, you know, we're thankful that people have set the path for us. You know, there's a lot of groups out there that didn't exist 10 years ago. So now we have some, uh, we're able to to have that because other people set the, pave the way. So you want to keep that going. And so that's really important. And just with the show, the, the whole idea is to spread the word and, and spread resources and continue to have, uh, let people share their stories because I think that's really important. Sue, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Okay, Riley, thank you so much for having me. I I really appreciate you having me on. Again, I'm your host, Riley Adams, and I thank you all for tuning into this month's edition of A Community Affair. You've been listening to A Community Affair with your host, Riley Adams. Be sure to join us on the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. as we discuss the important issues that impact you and our community. Only here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.